Hello and welcome to the Swiss Connection. I'm Susan Masika. You know that saying about people running away to join the circus? Well, that's basically what Marette Reiner did when she left Switzerland in 1979. She was 20 years old, and she had a scholarship to learn dance and circus arts in New York. After her training, Marette worked as a professional circus artist for 10 years. For her, balancing acts were truly part of the job, whether she was riding a unicycle, hanging from the trapeze, or walking on a tight wire. Then, a bad truck accident and the resulting head injury ended her career as a performer. But it wasn't the end of the show, as I learned from this young-at-heart Bernese woman in her adopted home, New Orleans, in the American South. In the second act of her circus career, Marette decided to share her enthusiasm with children. The first new trick was learning how to transfer her knowledge. One thing I really like about circus is like there is no such thing as I can't. Like there's only like how should that be done. So there's always like um, don't waste your time by kind of finding explanations why you can't do it because there's always a way to do it. As you start to do it, you might figure out, okay, I have to do it differently. You know, um, <clears throat> but uh, once I understood that all those skills are transferred, we can transfer them to anything, like, you know, then it, it was really a joy, and that's really what I work for. Like, when you can see, like, that light in somebody's eyes that they get something, that they understood it, that they have a new move, that they have understood something that makes it all worth it. Perhaps the hardest trick was getting people to understand what she was trying to do. One thing that when I first came here, there was very little awareness about circus or what it could be. I mean, parents were asking, like, are you going to make cotton candy with the kids? What are you going to be doing? Or why does my kid have to learn to juggle? <laughs> and and uh, we had a place in Georgia originally, and... Um, tried to get on the artist roster there um, to be able to work in schools, and they were telling me, well, we like what you're doing, we like the quality of your work, but you're not theater and you're not dance. We can't put you on the roster. <laughs> and that was in 1992. Eventually, a school in Tennessee hired her to teach circus arts as an after-school activity. Later, Marette fell in love with the Gulf Coast area and New Orleans. There, another disaster struck. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina killed hundreds and displaced thousands of people in the region, with the city of New Orleans hit especially hard. It was during this post-hurricane time of fear, chaos, and loss that circus arts found a special relevance with life skills of trust, flexibility, and resilience. For Marette, passing on this mix of skills was a joy. Also, even actually when I started doing outreach programs before Katrina and then after Katrina, I never knew if I would see the students again. You know, so I was like, we have this one hour together. We're going to maximize this hour. <laughs> We're going to make something happen and so that they can, you know, take something with it. But it wasn't always, it was always, I enjoyed it as much as, you know, like when I would see them progress or get something, it was such a joy. Today, 
Marette runs the circus arts program at the International School of Louisiana, which has its own circus that performs at annual parades and festivals in the region. Reed Williams and Grady Stewart were third graders, about nine years old, when they first met Miss Marette, as they called her back then. Now, both young men are fresh out of college. They have their own small circus troupe, and there's even a tight wire set up in Reed's backyard, where I went to watch a Sunday afternoon practice session. Oh, it's great for not having for done none this. of us having done this in a while. Four young men tumble and juggle and ride stilts and unicycles. Reed works his way along the tight wire, about a meter off the ground. Whatever the trick, Marette gives pointers and encouragement. After an hour or so, the sky darkens and it starts to rain. We duck inside and gather around the kitchen table. I ask how things have changed over the years. Reed, who wants to be an actor, answers first. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely grown from when we were in trailers during Katrina. Um, to Yeah, to like, you know, I mean, you know, the first thing I remember doing is just jumping from wire spool to wire spool that we had gotten. We got these like huge, like... What did they? What were the industrial like wire cable spools? And so like we just had like eight of them, and so we painted all of them, and then we would just like roll them like on like a globe, but like they were fixed, and then we would just jump from each one. The thunderstorm continues as Grady, who lived with Reed's family for a while post hurricane, says that training with Moret has been life changing. It really has grown so much, and it's honestly been one of the most inspirational and life-changing experiences of my life. Like, I'm, oh, I'm almost about to cry right now, because when it started, <laughs> it was like, I didn't have a house. And, like, so many of us did not have a house, because we had just had, we had just had, we just had a huge flood. And you will go from, like, not knowing where you're going to sleep at night to be able to go to school and do something that you really love. And it's grown so much from there that, like, it took you away from all this destruction for a little bit. And that's something that's really stuck with me throughout my life. When you said that, like, it really touched me because I actually, I lived in a trailer, first in a tent and then in a trailer. (laughs) And I drove, like, three hours to get to that, to those trailers on the airport to do that program, you know, every morning because there was only one lane open. I, I just loved doing it. I loved every single, like we have these props, we have the same few props, right? Spinning plates and Chinese yo-yos and flower sticks. It's like, there should be a limited amount of tricks. Every single time those kids get those props, they come up with something completely new. They come up with something that I look at and I'm like, gosh, you know, like I've never seen that. I've never seen someone use this like that. So it's like that that's something that is very exciting. And have you ever been scared when you were watching one of the kids training or you heard some story and you a better question would be are we ever not scared when they're training? That was Adam Lococo. He's one of the instructors in Moret's ten person team, which teaches some fourteen hundred children between the ages of six and fourteen. No, uh, they're just unpredictable, um, which adds the beauty to it. It adds the aspect of, yeah, whenever they're playing with a prop, you never know what they're going to do, which is great <laughs> and terrifying because you never know what they're going to do. Um, they, they can uh, bring out 
the most creative parts of each other and even you. They can uh, bring you back to a place that you didn't know that you lost and uh, and kind of get you back into the, the aspect of using your imagination again and trying out new things. So it's, it's pretty cool to... Uh, it, it's a give and take. We, even though we're teaching them skills, they're bringing something back to us that we, we couldn't get without it. He also admires how Marette copes with difficult students. She also, like... Keep, keeps them having fun even when they're giving her attitude and even when they're giving uh, her some flack about whatever, however she's trying to teach them or whatever. And she, she beautifully gives, like, does it in a strong way too, but it's not in a, a mean or a pushy way. It's just in a strong, like, if you don't do this, you can get hurt. But also it, it brings it back to the graceful side as well. Uh, she she kind of balances in between that, and that's something that I, I truly admire and... I don't know how she does it to this day. <laughs> 17-year-old Bahi Watson is still a student at the international school. He dropped by on this Sunday to practice moving around and even juggling on jumping stilts. He says Moret has had a major influence on him as a mentor and a friend. It's like as if you poured all this, you know, you have a, you have a cement mixer and you're mixing cement and you pour all this, you know, this love and this, and this graciousness and this beauty and this strength and this this positivity and you just pour it all in there, you mix it up, and, you know, you lay the foundation of a house with that cement and it's just like, you know, 10, you know, six, ten down, six to 10 years down the line, you just like, you, you realize all the things that you've done, like all the shows that I've done, all the people I've been able to meet and you just like, and you think about it and you look back and you're like, man, like how did I, how did I get to this place and like your immediate thought is Miss Moret and it's just like, oh, it's like circus you know, yeah, that's that's you know always going to be part of the foundation. But honestly, it's it's Miss Moret as a person, and just as a mentor, and just you know as a friend, and you know I I really couldn't have found that anywhere else, and you know I'm very grateful for that. Even though they see her less often, it's clear that Grady and Reed still feel empowered by Moret. Just to have someone have that belief and think that you can do anything and believe in the program enough to stick with it and provide those opportunities is really empowering. I think to that end, I would say that Moret has given me and all of the kids who've gone through the program uh, the joy of learning. I think that she's done that in a very profound way, which, you know, and it really, it really instills that passion to learn something new and that learning something new, even though it might be difficult, is always fun because you know, it's, it's, it's just that, that act of, of, you know, trust in the unknown and in things that you might be scared of that let, you know, I think a lot of, like all of the kids who come out of this with her, you know, they give them that sense of not only community with each other, but like, you know, community with like the whole world. And it, it lets them think that like really anything's possible. After hearing all this, Moret is nearly speechless at this point it seems she doesn't realize what an influence her work has had. You know, the people who taught me circus, they put their heart into me, and I felt always like a big obligation to give back. And so if that was done, then that's wonderful. I can go. <laughs> Visit us at swissinfo.ch to watch a video of Moret and her circus students in action. There you'll also find many other stories about Swiss citizens living abroad. We produce the Swiss Connection every few weeks, so follow us on Twitter or Facebook for a heads up when our next podcast comes out. 
Better yet, subscribe on iTunes to ensure that you don't miss any episodes. Thanks for listening, and thank you to studio technician Donnie Wheeler. Signing off for all of us here, I'm Susan Masika. Hello, I'm Imogen Folks from Swiss Info's Inside Geneva podcast. On February 24th, 2022, Russia attacked Ukraine. The invasion caused Europe's largest refugee crisis since World War II. And during the year-long conflict, tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of people, soldiers and civilians have been killed. Over the past year, a number of episodes of Inside Geneva have looked at the heavy humanitarian toll of the war and its wider implications for the world. We've been joined by historians and international human rights experts to ask about the background to the invasion. We've talked to major UN aid agencies about how the war in Ukraine is impacting other humanitarian crises. And we've asked if sanctions or war crimes investigations can stop or at least limit this conflict. If you're particularly concerned by the war in Ukraine, do listen to these episodes. You can find Inside Geneva, free to listen, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google and all your usual podcast apps.